Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley Wright from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley Wright. Welcome into the DNBR Buffs podcast presented by the Colorado XOs. I'm Henry Chisholm, and uh, we're talking more about this uh, Texas and Oklahoma news today. In case you missed it, the news is that they are, it's not quite official yet, but they're basically on their way to the SEC right now, leaving the Big 12, which only had 10 members, as crazy as that sounds, uh, with eight members now. Um, it's going to be kind of the kickoff to a whole bunch of realignment and we have a lot more details today than we had yesterday. And so that's going to be kind of fun to dig into. Um, not much about the pac 12 yet, but there was one really big note that I'm excited to get to. And that's the plan for today. Just run through all the things we've learned when this is all going to happen. Um, who is going to go where and all that kind of stuff. Uh, real quick, though, before we get into it, want to give another shout-out to the presenting sponsor of this podcast, the Colorado XOs. For those of you who don't know, the Colorado XOs are a rugby team based in Glendale, Colorado. They're um, taking athletes from other sports, football, soccer, all sorts of stuff, teaching them how to play rugby with the goal of getting them onto the U.S. national team, which trains at the same facilities. They're a year in. In their first season, they had a 500 record and got six guys into Major League Rugby. Solid start. You can follow along with DNVR Rugby on Twitter, the podcast, or the written content at the website. And uh, also, Olympic Rugby is right around the corner, so make sure you're tuning in to that and then following along with our guy Colton Strickler at DNVR Rugby. Okay. So, I've got a list here of... All of the news that we've gotten since we last talked yesterday. Um, the big news, I guess, is... I mean, there's a lot of big news. The first piece of big news, Texas and Oklahoma move is almost done. That's the quote that a source gave the American statesman. Been getting similar types of reports from all sorts of different sources. And, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff we're going to get into... There's there's been conflicting reports about what's actually happening, whether it's because people are trying to like protect themselves from scrutiny or whether there's just, um, you know, miscommunications or something. So whenever there's something that we aren't totally sure of, which will be the next thing I'm about to say, um, I'll make sure I point that out because, you know, obviously this is all moving super quickly and that means that a couple of things can get lost in translation. But for the most part, it does seem like this is what's going to happen. Um, 
Apparently, it's been in the works for about six months. There was another report that said that the SEC did kind of like look around and has been, or sorry, that the that Texas had kind of looked around, seen what the options are, and decided on this. Um, the report that's conflicted, though, is that as this was in process, in progress between Texas and Oklahoma and the SEC, is that Texas A&M, an SEC member, was left out of the loop. Now, there's a bunch of history there about them leaving and all that kind of stuff. The Heather, uh, Heather Dinish, didn't Dinish, I I, I, the the autocorrect in my notes went to finish, which I know isn't right. Um, she said that that's not true. And again, this is one of those things where it's like, if you're somebody at Texas A&M and you're like, wow, it'd look really bad if we were just kept out of the loop on all this. I'm going to tell somebody that we knew this was going down. You know, that could be what's happening. Or it could be that the other reports are wrong. Who knows? Um, but the point is, it has been in the works for a while. And now they need 11 of 14 SEC members to vote yes to allowing Oklahoma and Texas in. Um, it sounds like that's going to be on the way pretty soon. And there's been one report that says that Texas A&M and Missouri are going to vote no. There were a few other reports that said that it's going to be a 13 to 1 vote with Texas A&M saying no. Again, we don't really know until the uh, the vote actually happens. But as long as it isn't 10 to 4, they're fine. And nobody's saying that that could be the case. So it does seem like this is really happening, first of all. Um, we did hear that um, the ACC has reached out to Texas and Oklahoma. That's according to Pete Thamel, um, which is just like the right thing to do. Um, if, if you're a conference and you see this going down and you aren't the SEC, You've got to reach out and, and see if you can win them over, give them some crazy offer, even though it's a it's a Hail Mary, and even that might be giving it too much credit. Um, no reports, I don't think, about the Pac-12 reaching out. I would imagine that they did. Maybe they just realized, like, what are we going to do? We can't offer the money that the SEC can. We'd have to give them something crazy, and it's just not in the cards, so it might be a waste of time, but whatever. Um, also heard that the plan is for Texas and Oklahoma, again, mixed reports, some that say early next week, some that say Monday, um, will send a letter to the big 12 and say that they aren't going to renew their media contracts. So those expire in 2025. Now, if they decide to leave early before those expire, they're going to owe the total of their last two payouts from, I actually don't know if it's from the conference or whether it's from those TV deals. Um, either way, it comes out to about $80 million a piece. So there is a chance that they play out four more seasons. What would that be? No, it'd be five more seasons. That'd be a long time, but who knows? At this point, I'd say that they probably leave early. And if there's no difference between leaving, you know, after this season versus after two or three or four seasons from now, it might happen pretty quick. Um, because at this point, it's obvious that the relationships between Texas and Oklahoma and the rest of the Big 12 are not good. 
and just kind of continuing that seems like an unhealthy way to go about things. Um, on that note, uh, there was actually a meeting of representatives from all of the Big 12 schools last night that like the tweet came out and then a couple hours later there was a tweet that said Texas and Oklahoma are not going and they did not go. Honestly, it makes sense. I think I'm not sure if they really got a bad rap for that. But if you're really not going, it'd be one thing if this was just like a ploy to get more out of the Big 12. But as long as that's not the case, let them grieve together and then try to figure out what the next move is. Um, I don't think that there's really any chance that this is just like gamesmanship because you look at what the SEC can offer versus the Big 12. And first of all, it, twice as much money. Maybe not quite that much, but pretty close to twice as much money. And that alone would probably be enough. But also you look at SEC football and the attention that it gets. And I think there's more of an opportunity to build a, a brand. I don't, I don't want to say build a brand. To keep building on top of the brands that these two schools have already built in the SEC versus the Big 12. The ceiling is just so much higher, and that to me seems pretty obvious. Um, What else do we have? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, the, the people who did go to the Big 12 meeting sounded like they were upset. There was a report that the uh, Big 12 commissioner in particular was pretty upset. Um, some reports saying that, you know, this is the kind of thing that they aren't too surprised by with Texas, but it did surprise them to see Oklahoma go about this the way they did, you know, basically under the table for, according to reports, six months. Um, there were also, this is another one of the things with conflicting reporting. There was a report that said that the Big 12 was trying to get all of its members to extend um, their TV rights through 2030. Now, I'm not sure if this is giving them to the Big 12 conference to negotiate and then letting that happen, or if it was literally like saying, here's the TV deal we have in place. Let's just extend that through 2030. That would surprise me a little bit, but who knows. Um, the point is, there was that report that the Big 12 wanted them to sign off on their TV rights for another five years from basically 2026 through 2030, but there are also reports later saying that wasn't true. So I don't, I don't, there's really nothing to take away from that, but just one more little piece of the puzzle, I guess. Um, here's where we get into some actual realignment stuff. So that was all just kind of the big technical what's going down type of things. Um, but during that meeting last night, one of the takeaways, and this is according to Chris Vanini, another one of the super reputable football reporters, college football reporters, and he said that they basically said last night that while like adding schools to the conference and doing that kind of stuff is an option, the preferred route right now is a merger with the Pac-12. So you take the eight remaining teams in the Big 12, combine them with the Pac-12, and then you have the whatever you want to call it 20 and or you know maybe the big 12 wants to call it the 22 because they don't line up their names and their numbers or whatever um to me actually there's one more report um i think espn 
and the Mercury News both reported that uh, George Klyovkov, the new Pac-12 commissioner, said that the conference will listen. I uh, I have a hard time believing this is what's going to happen. It doesn't seem like a situation where the Pac-12 comes out ahead. Um, we just like look at what does the Pac-12 have to gain from this. It's not all that much. Um, because again, like when you're talking about these kinds of things, what the individual schools in the Pac-12, and that's who votes, the individual schools, what they're going to be looking for is an increase in the revenue that they get from their conference, which primarily comes from the TV deals. So, does the eight do the new eight eight new teams add so much more to the TV deal that you're going to get that you're now making more money when you split that pile of cash twenty ways? than you do right now when you split it 12 ways. Now, it's a little bit tougher to measure that kind of stuff because it is a weird time in terms of TV rights. Uh, they're only, the Pac-12 is, what, three years away from being able to negotiate a new TV deal? So, there's it's kind of in flux, but if you just look at the teams that they'd be adding, um, let's see if we can go off the top of the head. Iowa State, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, Kansas, Texas Tech, Baylor, TCU. One more. What is the other? Point is, um, I don't think that you're adding much. And we talked a little bit about this yesterday, but the Wall Street Journal put out uh, basically a list of the valuations of all of the college football programs in the country about two years ago. And there are two schools, Texas Tech and Oklahoma State, that are worth more than half of the Pac-12 teams. And they're right there. They're right in the middle. And so if you look at what it would mean to add those two, basically that just means that they're doing enough to carry their own weight and not have too much impact one way or the other on how much um, the rest of the Pac-12 is making. Now, things could change in the last couple of years, whatever, but that's basically what you're looking at. And if there are, I don't know, basically after that, it goes to non-financial impacts. Like, are those a net positive or a net negative? And that'll determine whether that's worth doing or not. To me, I mean, you look at where the Pac-12 is football-wise right now, it would be nice to bring in Texas Tech and even more so Oklahoma State because they could kind of patch things right now. Um, Oklahoma State, that's a good football program. It's nothing all that special. Um, I think that in a healthy Pac-12, you still expect USC and Oregon and Washington to be ahead of it, but it's still probably in that top half in terms of what you expect from these schools and their football programs. So that's not a bad ad. Texas Tech probably slides in a little bit lower. Comes with the benefit of getting the Pac-12 into Texas. Um, that's a good thing. You know, the the value of being in markets has never been less important. 
um, just because things are moving towards streaming and you can watch basically anything. And I think after this new TV deal, it's going to go even more so that way, where you watch if you get a subscription to Peacock or Paramount Plus or Hulu or whatever, you're going to get access to all Pac-12 games. Plus, you know, they'll have like the marquee games on ESPN or Fox or maybe it's a combination again or whatever. But it does seem like getting the Pac-12 network into whatever market just isn't quite as important. Did I say TCU earlier? I think I did say TCU earlier when I was listing Big 12 schools. Maybe that was the other one. Um, But, you know, if if you get the Pac-12 network, say it is TCU into Dallas, then what does that mean? It means that if you are subscribing to whatever TV service has Pac-12 network, I'm pretty sure it's Dish. I just use Sling, so I'm not really sure. But let's say it's Dish. Then all of the Dish households in Dallas are now going to carry the Pac-12 network. That is very valuable. I also think that it's going to become even less valuable in a couple years when everything shifts. Um, So while it doesn't hurt by any means... It's not all that important to me. Um, more so, being in Texas is important because of the recruiting impacts. Um, you know, we talked about this when Colorado scheduled games against North Texas. What if they didn't have to schedule a game against North Texas and they still were playing a game in Texas that year? That's to me kind of the value um, of of adding a school in Texas. Plus, it's good football. So you, I, I think, you look at Oklahoma State and say, okay, that's a school that we can justify. Plus, you know, they have the best golf program in the country. They have uh, baseball. They had Cade Cunningham last year. I'm not sure if the basketball program is going to, like, build off of that or if that was just kind of a one-off. Let's see. Is there anything else? Oh, yeah, and then Texas, it's like – or Texas Tech, sorry – Certainly add some football stuff. I mean, does it bring up your average? I think right now it does. When everything's healthy, maybe not. Um, but also just giving them all of the Pac-12's Texas resources, being the Pac-12 school in Texas, you know, they won't be the little brother to um, Texas, like the University of Texas they were when they were in the Big 12. So who knows? There's probably some benefit there. But... In terms of getting all eight of the Big 12 teams, boy, is that a dumb sentence to have to say, um, to join uh, the Pac-12, it doesn't seem worth it. It seems more likely that Colorado can, or sorry, that the Pac-12 can come to terms with, you know, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, maybe you throw one or two more in there. Um, I'd say... Kansas State, probably most likely. Baylor, there's like the religious stuff, so who knows. But Baylor might, I wouldn't love it. I think it's more likely they move down. But um, yeah, that's where I'm at. I don't think that there's much of a chance at all that this 20-team conference thing happens. Um, But who knows? Um, Let's take a quick break, and then there's some other stuff, including... Something similar to a super conference that I think is worth talking about today. Um, first, though, I want to tell you guys about Hassle Cattle Company. Hassle Cattle is the best 
source for farm for farm yes for farm to table wagyu beef that you will find anywhere make it super convenient it's a fourth generation cattle farm out of texas but they just ship it straight to you um it's it's really good beef they don't use hormones or antibiotics or any of that they take registered bulls they breed them with angus cows and they wind up with like a very incredible product um that's wagyu beef but they call it blue collar wagyu because they make it affordable for anybody um they have all sorts of different products, whether it's the New York Strip, the smoked sausage, beef bacon. They have Wagyu Franks without any fillers, two jerky flavors. Um, their hamburger, it, it won Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. And if you want to check that out, you can come down to the DNVR bar where you have a Hassle Cattle Company Wagyu burger. It's really good. Um, yeah, they, they, they just make very good food. And... Uh, they also have a couple of cool deals going on. First of all, they still have that DMVR10 uh, code that will give you 10% off your entire purchase. And, uh, oh, I guess the, the flank deal just ended. So hopefully you got in on that before it left. Um, seriously, though, it's good stuff. You really can't go wrong with any of it. And again, you can go to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L CattleCompany.com. Use the promo code DNVR10 for 10% off your order. Um, that's DNVR10 for 10% off. Check them out. Promise you won't be disappointed. Also, it's Olympics time, and that means it's time to bet on the Olympics. A DraftKings Sportsbook is America's top-rated sportsbook app, and they have an incredible promotion going right now. If you are a new user, you can take advantage of this deal. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to put $1 into a DraftKings account. And then you bet on the United States to win one medal this year. Just one medal. They'll probably wind up with like over 100 of them. You just need them to get one. It's basically a lock. And if they do, then you get to turn that $1 into $100 in free credits. Um, again, all it takes is for America to win one medal. Um... What you do with that is kind of up to you. I would just say throw that $1 in. Use it to like fund your DraftKings account. If you want to be making $2 bets from then on, you get to make 50 of those. And if you lose every one of them, well, guess what? You lost $1. If you go about 500 like the rest of us, you're still going to have about $100 in that account. And you didn't have to spend... Well, you did have to spend money. You had to spend $1. So... Definitely make sure you're taking advantage of that. Uh, it's a great app. There's plenty of other Olympic action to bet on. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DMVR when you sign up and turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's code DMVR to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Um, yeah, that'll be good for now. Um, where did we get to in my notes? Okay, so we do have a couple of reports about where schools are going to go. Um, first of all, uh, Kansas has a call set up with the Big Ten. That's a report that just came out. Um, again, I, if, if I'm Kansas, I'm setting up calls with literally every conference and seeing what they have to say. And so I'm not putting too much stock into this. 
Although the fact that Kansas likely did leak this out is probably a sign that they are interested in the Big Ten specifically and want to hype that up and get more traction going. Kansas is an interesting case because, I mean, it's simple. The The basketball program is really, really, really good. The football program is really, really, really bad. It seems like, because you have the one thing to kind of bank on with that basketball program, it would be a good team to have around or a good school to have around. But typically, the basketball revenue is worth about 10% of these media deals. Do you really justify bringing them in? And to me, you know, and and I didn't say this when I was talking about the Pac-12. I should have. But if I'm the Pac-12, I'm not trying to force anything. I'm not going to change just for the sake of change because what we've seen since, you know, these realignments have happened the last couple times is that there's a lot of teams flooding into Power 5 conferences, not many leaving. And so with the SEC going to, it looks like, 16 teams, they don't have much flexibility to add more than that. I mean, I'm sure that they could get away with like 20. There's probably a way, but it's just really, really hard to do. And I'd rather keep that flexibility than, you know, like I said, you you add an Oklahoma State, you add a Texas Tech. Are they bringing up your average or are they keeping it at about the same place? You know, I think short term they bring it up. Long term, they're keeping it about the same place. And because of that, I, I probably lean toward not even inviting them but I could really be convinced either way. Um, When it comes to the Big Ten, which has, I want to say, they have 14 teams right now. I should double-check that. Um, Oh, I guess I had this spreadsheet going that had all that info. Um, But, you know, as soon as you start adding more teams, there's less spots you can fill. And I bet that they're probably not very happy right now that they did decide to add Maryland and Rutgers and there's probably a way to kick those two schools out sounds kind of tough and complicated though and yeah it is 14 teams right now so I I mean do you add a Kansas for what they can do basketball wise or do you say you know what football makes all the money we need some more teams that can compete with Ohio State. Let's wait until we get a better option. And to me, that's probably what I'd do. And I think that there's a real chance that Kansas winds up, I mean, depending on how things go, if the Big Ten, again, I don't know who the Big Ten really wants to take here. Um, I could see them doing something weird, like maybe they want Iowa State to join up with Iowa, and then they add like a Cincinnati or something as well, a good group of five conference team. Um, but Kansas, I I think there's a real chance that they drop down to one of the conferences that we always call group of five, even though who knows what any of that means at this point. Everything's changing. Um, just because you see those schools have bad football programs and good basketball programs, and that's just the way it works there. Um, plus, they probably cut them a good deal um, and say they could keep more of their earnings from the tournament, whatever. Um, but we do know that Kansas has reached out to the Big Ten. Uh, it sounds like Iowa State has also reached out to the Big Ten. Again, not the biggest surprise, but those are things that are out there now, and that probably means something. Um, also heard that TCU, Baylor, 
and Texas Tech are having discussions with the Pac-12. Again, not a huge surprise. I'd expect the conference to be talking to the Pac-12 about the potential 20-team league, whatever. And then also, secretly, all of the individual schools saying, hey, even if that doesn't get done, can we come? Because they're going to want out of the Big 12. Um, if, if you know, the Big 12, those eight stick together there, it sounds like the Big 12 will go after, and this is just kind of the, the initial reports we've seen, UCF, BYU, Houston, Cincinnati. Um, again, not really any surprises. Maybe BYU's a surprise. I That's kind of the list that we've been talking about. Um, but instead of BYU, who did we have instead of BYU? Um, wasn't Memphis. But the point is it's it's pretty similar to what you'd expect. Um, and then what do you have if you have those teams? I mean, it they're high-end group of five teams. What are they in Power 5 conferences? Because it's going to help your recruiting. It's going to mean you have more money. Can they take the leap into being competitive in the Power 5 level? There's a chance. But if they don't, what are you left with? And the answer, I guess, is just a non-power conference in the Big 12. Um, Another report came out saying that the AAC is going to go after the Big 12. Makes sense. And I bet that Oklahoma, or sorry, Kansas is probably one of the top schools on the list just because the profile kind of fits a little bit better. They want to raise the profile basketball-wise. That is such an easy thing to do if you just add Kansas. I mean, I think they want to raise their profile football-wise too, but how high does Oklahoma State football raise that profile versus Kansas basketball? And the answer is Kansas basketball does a lot more. Um, so I'm, I'm curious to see how that shakes out as well. Um, oh, I did throw this note in here too. You know, the, the political aspects of this are very real. Um, you know, first of all, like West Virginia's attorney general said that he's going to sue Oklahoma and Texas or whatever. I don't think anything's going to come of that. But there are things like, will Oklahoma's government, you know, they oversee the universities there, will they allow, or, and that's not true, will they try to stop Oklahoma from leaving because of what it does to Oklahoma State? And who knows? Um, te- <coughs> Sorry, Texas, probably not as much of a concern. I'm not sure if Texas Tech is probably a state school. I don't, but Baylor, TCU, those aren't. Um, but you do have some of those aspects as well. And I guess there was like an agreement between Texas A&M and Texas that Texas wasn't going to try to go to the SEC, and that was a long time ago. We're not getting into all that beef, but maybe that's more where the Texas government and politics and all that could kind of come into play. So that's worth bringing up. And the last thing. And this is one that I've kind of been holding off on because I think it's going to be a fun one. But about 10 years ago, it was early in the conference, then the last realignment days, the Pac-12 and the Big Ten had basically agreed to form an alliance with each other. And that fell through for a couple of reasons. Um, but it would basically mean that they aren't playing each other in conference games but they are playing each other consistently. Uh, I think at the time, the plan was to have uh, a rotation of home and homes between all of the schools. 
So Colorado, for example, they'd have a home-and-home series with Michigan and Ohio State and Rutgers and, you know, all of them. With, I mean, and this would kind of make more sense with when they have 14 teams, if they could find a way to get rid of Maryland, um, get rid of Rutgers, then the numbers would line up better. But this is something that these two conferences might consider. Now, the Pac-12 would consider it for obvious reasons. The chance to have, you know, Michigan and Michigan State and some big-name football schools go play at Washington State, at Oregon State, at Arizona. That would definitely help those programs. And, I mean, even for the high-end schools, USC, Oregon, Washington, um, the the benefits are still there for playing, you know, in a series with Ohio State, series with Iowa, series with Wisconsin, all of them. Um, one of the reasons it fell through, kind of the big reason it sounded like it fell through last time, was because that was the very beginning of the college football playoff and playing more competitive games seemed like it was going to cause a problem. And at the same time, you had both conferences playing um, nine-game schedules. Or no, I guess the Pac-12 played a nine-game schedule. At that point, Big Ten was still playing an eight-game schedule, I believe. But the Pac-12 was playing a nine-game schedule. You throw a non-conference game against a Big Ten team in there, all of a sudden that's ten games against Power Five schools. A lot of the schools had deals to play Notre Dame at the time, and so then all of a sudden you're playing 11 of 12 games against power opponents without much flexibility to add, you know, an SEC team, a Big 12 team, unless you wanted to make an already pretty, I mean, very difficult schedule even harder. If the college football playoff does open up and expand to 12 teams, which I still think is very likely, there is like a small chance, and it's probably not even a real chance, that because Texas and Oklahoma want to go to the SEC, the rest of the conferences say, hey, we can't fall this far behind the SEC, and so we're going to actually not vote for this and try to keep it at four because we don't, because we think that we can hold Oklahoma and Texas hostage. You know, if if we say, well, yeah, you guys go there and just steal more wins from each other, not be able to get into that top four, maybe you could push them back because I think you could get a lot of SEC teams into the college football playoff if it's a 12-team playoff. You might even get half of them. But I mean, you might even get more than half now that I think of it. No, you probably couldn't get more than half. But um, you go from that to the current college football playoff where you can only get two and, you know, maybe you could, but I don't think that that's likely at all. And I don't even know how that would work practically, like what the process would be. Um, the point is, though, what is the, oh, yeah. So back then, the college football playoff, four teams, uh, you don't necessarily want that many hard games. Now, when you have 12 spots, I think that that becomes a lot easier to to handle. Um because, you know, we talked about this yesterday, it's similar to what the SEC would be dealing with. Now, all of a sudden, you're playing 10 games against Power 5 schools, and when you're doing that, you can afford to lose more than you can um, if you're playing early season games against, say, North Texas, for example. Um, so, yeah. I do think that this is a good time to revisit that because you are... Again, making tougher schedules under a system where I think it's easier for 
tougher schedules to be emphasized or preferred um, when they do expand the college football playoff to 12 teams, which should be in the next few years. Um, And then the other key piece of this, I think, is that right now both conferences play a nine-game schedule, and that's kind of a weird thing to do. If they wanted, it would be really, really easy to change that to an eight-game schedule and have the first game of the year be between, or, or basically that that first week of what was your conference season um, turn into a crossover week between the Pac-12 and the Big Ten. Um, there would obviously be some details to be worked out. And who knows, there's a lot of people on the internet just saying, why don't the Big Ten and the Pac-12 merge? And then you have like a real super conference with what, that would be 26 teams and basically be the whatever they call it, East and West. I wonder if they, they could even do three. I don't know how they do it, but that's been thrown around. That doesn't seem all that likely at all. Especially, I mean, that one's tough because right now the Big Ten is ahead of the Pac-12 in terms of, I mean, in terms of money, and that's what it's about. Now, the money is kind of the symptom of a bunch of other things, like, you know, being consistently good at football, having Ohio State do what Ohio State's done over the last 10 years. More than anything, that is the the big impact. Um, but they've also had, like, strong Wisconsin teams. Michigan has been bad, I guess. Michigan State recently has fallen off. But I, I don't think that that's all that likely. Again, though, for both sides, I think it could make some sense um, to create more competitive schedules, to have that crossover, to build, I mean, kind of build some rivalries. Colorado already has a couple that are in there. Um, obviously Nebraska, but then it seems like you could probably call Michigan, if, if not a rivalry, there's a history that would be a lot of fun to revisit. And so to me, if I'm George Klyovkov, that's what I'm trying to work out right now. I'm trying to get that Pac-12 Big Ten alliance back on. Um, and I think that that's something you could definitely make happen. Um, but we'll see, I guess. Um, oh, we're going to take one more break. We're going to hit this DraftKings pick of the week. And I want to tell you guys about ball. So you've probably heard of ball, I mean, as in ball arena, as in the, the cups that you use when you drink beers at uh, CU Buffs games, if you remember going to those back in the day. Um, also, basically every can. Yeah, this, this can of cold brew that I'm drinking right now. This little ball logo. You can find it like... There's always, like, the nutrition facts on the cans. If you go all the way down to the bottom of the can there, usually there's, like, a little logo from the company that makes the can. And a lot of them are Ball. Actually, last year, 101 billion of them were from Ball. Uh, That may seem like, wow, what a number of cans that we're making. We throw them out. We do whatever. Actually, 75% of all aluminum ever produced is still in use today. Um, Which, by the way, is thanks to recycling. It's a crazy number. We uh we want to keep that number high. That's a little side note here is to recycle. Um, I know that Ball probably isn't like paying me to say things like save the environment, but it is something that I know that they care about. Um, they uh have been all about the recycling and the you know diversity inclusion. A lot of people talk about e- inclusion, but they uh actually were recognized by the human rights campaign for their quote unquote culture of belonging. Um, they also have a corporate 
Equity Equality Score Index. Wow, I can't talk. Corporate Equality Index Score of 100%, which, as you probably guessed, that's about as good as you can do. Um, so a whole bunch of really cool things going over or going on over at Ball. And if you're looking for a job, you can join them. Just text GOLDEN to 77222. You'll get linked to open positions. You can also go directly to ball or sorry, jobs.ball.com and search for GOLDEN. Again, just simply text GOLDEN to 77222. All right. Uh, we're getting into the DraftKings Sportsbook app now for your DraftKings pick of the week. And again, if you're not on here yet, take advantage of of the awesome promotion they have going on right now. If you if again, you have to have be a new user, but then you can bet $1 on the United States to win a medal in literally any event. You don't have to like pick the event, just they just have to get a medal and you get $100 in free credits, which is a, just such a great way to uh start out your uh your your betting career. It's just with a bunch of free money to use. Especially while you like get adjusted and learn what you're good at, learn what you're not good at. It's a process, and it's a a process that is worth going through. Um. Okay, we're going to be betting on the Olympics, and I'll start by saying there's some good options, you know, in terms of just like the pure medal counts. Um, the U.S. over, I think Dre was saying, is a good one. Um, he was also saying that Denmark's over was a good one over nine and a half medals. And I feel like that's a fun one. Those low numbers, because anytime you see Denmark in any competition, you'll be saying, okay, that's my guy. And it just gives you a little bit more to root for than the Americans. Um, so over nine and a half there would be a fun one for sure, but we're going a different route. Um, there's actually on DraftKings only one forever buff that you can bet on. That is Morgan Pearson in the men's triathlon. He's plus 3,500 to win the gold medal. And uh, why not make that the pick of the week? I feel like if, if you're going to bet on the Olympics, you might as well take the buff. Um, outside of that, they don't have either the events. Oh, wait. Ooh, wait. This might have it. Um, I think I missed this. Oh, scrolling, 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 scrolling. Yeah. Nope. I thought... Dalton Ritzenhine would be an option, but they only have two of the three Americans for you to bet on in the men's 1500. Um, so yeah, looks like that's the only one. Maybe they'll add more, but even in like, like they don't have any steeplechase bets. I would guess that they add those at some point. Um, cause a lot of this just popped up here today. Cause I've been looking and hoping that there'd be some options to bet on CU. Um, there's also like a, a BMX or I guess it's a mountain biking competition, but the forever buff there isn't an option. So yeah, that's what we're going to have to go with. Plus 3,500 Morgan Pearson. Let's see if it happens. Um, that's gonna do it for today. Thanks as always for listening. We'll see you guys, uh, tomorrow.